You see, the reason why Galatians is in the Bible is not to help us see the difference between the religion of Islam and Christianity. We don't have Galatians to better understand atheism and how Christianity is different from atheism. The reason why we have the book of Galatians is because of so many people all around us who say they are Christians, who nod their head at all the stuff they hear about the Bible, but yet what they really, really think is that somehow they can do all this religious stuff. And it makes them feel good and confident in their relationship with God. Enough religious works to somehow earn them the right to be a child of God. Which, according to Paul, is what? Another gospel. You remember how he started the letter by getting straight to the problem, Galatians 1.6. I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. And we know that in the Galatian context, the main issue was that religious people, these religious Jewish people who came from Jerusalem, were forcing others to get circumcised in order to be part of the church. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know of many churches today that actually require people to be circumcised in order to be a Christian and to be part of their church. So in a sense, Galatians can feel a little bit far removed from our own context. But then if you stop and think about it, we had to then consider, how are people turning to a different gospel today? And perhaps as you look at what really makes you feel good about yourself, then you maybe get a better idea of where your true confidence lies. Is it in something as simple as a productive day at work that makes you feel good that God is happy with you? Is it how well your children are doing at school? Is it how your spouse shows you how much they love you? Is it how much other people appreciate you at work? Is it how consistent you are in your quiet devotional times with the Lord? Is it how much you pray? Is it how Christ-like your family is? Is it this nice gesture of taking someone food when they just had a baby? Is it how well you can explain the doctrine of election and how confident you are in your opinions about other people and their walk with God where clearly they're not as holy and as humble as you are? If you find the answer to what makes you feel good about yourself in any of these examples then you are getting closer of finding out how you are confusing the gospel. Because Galatians helps us to discern and realize that it's about what you truly believe and the urgency of what you truly believe. Because people who once embraced the gospel of grace were busy turning to this works-based different gospel. So Galatians therefore explains that what we believe ultimately drives what we do. What we believe drives what we do. 
And Paul has labored and labored to help us see the difference between the true cross-centered gospel message of Jesus Christ and this false message where you must pretend to be someone who you're not. The difference between a gospel that makes you get on the treadmill of self-effort and being exhausted and the true gospel that gives you the power to persevere in the Spirit. And here at the end of the letter, Paul is summarizing a lot of the different themes and the truths that we have talked about so much on our journey through this letter. And now it's like he wants to leave us with one important takeaway. Because for Paul, at the center of the good news of the gospel of grace is what? Is the cross. That is what life is all about for Paul. If there's one thing you're going to take away from Galatians, then Paul says, make sure it's the truth about the cross. Because when you get confused about the gospel, you are really just getting confused about the cross. And so he wants to end this letter by drawing our attention back to the cross of Jesus Christ one more time. He wants us to walk away from Galatians with a cross-centered approach to life. A life that is consistently boasting, but not boasting in yourself or anyone or anything else, but only boasting in the cross. And as we said last time, boasting means that we are making what is truly going on inside of our hearts hearable to those around us. We are voicing and showing where our true confidence lies. But Paul knows that if we keep the cross central in our lives, then we won't try to fight our way to heaven through our own religious experience. Because the truth of the cross is that God came to drag you and me out of a life of this religious observance and sin. And He makes us someone completely new, who He then holds up for the whole world to see and hear. As we follow Him together, people from all different backgrounds and cultures, in obedience and faith, which will guarantee a kind of suffering for your faith. And that's the cross-centered life. Today we want to look at a cross-centered life, and I want us to consider four reasons why you and I should boast in the cross every single day. Four reasons why it is important that we live a cross-centered life. And so, turn with me for the final time to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, and we're going to read from verse 11 to the end. This is what Paul writes. The words should be on the screen as well. See with what large letters I'm writing to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised, that they may boast in your flesh. Verse 14. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. 
For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. See, Paul's ending the letter with his own handwriting, and he wants to make it clear that this letter is, in fact, from him. And it comes with Christ-ordained authority. But then in verses 12 and 13, he points out again the obvious comparison to this false self-effort gospel where people who are minimizing the cross seek to put up a good show. Who pretend to be all serious about religion and obedience, but their real motive is that you must become like them, so they force people to get circumcised and join their faction, so they can gather a crowd, and by gathering a crowd, they avoid any kind of persecution for the cross. Because it's all about what it looks like on the outside. And people who minimize the cross essentially put their trust in how they perform because they think the cross is not enough. And so in verses 14 onwards, Paul brings us back to the cross. Back to the cross to help us see the importance that why we need to boast only in the cross. And the first reason why we should boast in the cross is because, number one, it helps me to see that the evil that wants to control me doesn't. It helps me to see that the evil in this world that wants to control me doesn't. Verse 14. Paul says, but far be it from me to boast except from the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. And we've said it before. Religious people don't like to talk about the cross. Why don't religious people like to talk about the cross? Because the cross tells them, hey, you're not as great as you think you are. You're a sinner. And you need someone else to rescue you and help you make it to the end. Religious people don't like to talk about how weak they are and how much they need Jesus. But Paul's point through this whole letter is that true freedom is actually when you embrace the truth of the cross. And that's why he says, far be it from me. Maybe as some other translations put it, may it never be that I boast in anything else except the cross. Because for Paul it was totally inconceivable to think of boasting in anything else but the cross. Now the word boast can also be translated glory in. You glory in the cross. And if you glory in something, you make much of it. You're consumed by it. And you're mastered by it. It's a deep level of worship like what the psalmist says in Psalm 44, 8. In God we have boasted continually. And we will give thanks to your name forever. And so for Paul, the essence of the true gospel says, May it never be that we rely on anything but the finished work of Jesus on our behalf. 
May the cross be the only source of my daily righteousness and acceptance before God. May it only be the cross that helps me see that there is an end to our hopeless frustration of pursuing a relationship with God through our own efforts. We know that from a worldly perspective, Paul could have boasted in a lot of things, right? I mean, he could have boasted in his Jewish heritage. I mean, he was already part of the covenant people of God. His education, his gift of languages, his possessions, his reputation. But what does he say in Philippians 3.7? But whatever gain I had, I counted a loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Because Paul knows that the cross has given him true freedom from the world. And all that stuff that wants to control his life. All that evil that makes you think you are someone when you're nothing. That's why he says, by which the world has been crucified. That's cross language again. To me and I to the world. Because the truth of the cross has set believers free from the power and dominion of this present evil age. And so remember, the word world is cosmos, and it refers to this satanic spiritual system to which all of humanity is in bondage to because of sin. I mean, Lee read about it in Ephesians 2. In other words, everyone who is boasting in themselves are enslaved to this evil world, enslaved to a life in the flesh and its sinful desires, a life of hopelessness and meaninglessness. A life of distorted values, a life of despair, where you never feel as if you're good enough for God. Where maybe your former life is constantly haunting you. All that sin is haunting you. A life of guilt and shame, a life where you hope things will get better, but they never do. And perhaps this person who recognizes they belong to Jesus, they recognize they are someone who has been set free. Set free from all this evil in the world and its hopelessness. Because as Paul says, we boast in the cross because through the cross, I am dead to the world and the world is dead to me. In other words, the truth of the cross is that we are dead to this corrupt, evil, self-effort system because we were crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. Galatians 2.20 Which means for the person who has placed their complete trust in Jesus that the troubles and cares of this corrupt world do not have to crush you. Because we're not boasting in this world. We're not placing our confidence in the world. The enticements of the world do not have to persuade us like they do people who don't know Jesus. Because we have died to this world and now we have all these new affections. In other words, because of the cross, the sin of greed can change into what? Generosity. Lust can change into what? Purity 
Anger can be changed into what? Loving my neighbor as myself. And so Paul's basically like, boast in the cross and live as though the world is nothing to you and Jesus is everything to you. Because a cross-centered life makes it clear that Jesus is everything to you. Because the power of this evil world has been broken through the death of Christ for you. Which means practically, we boast in the cross when we go to the cross with our pride, with our reputation, with our crippling fear of man, with our fortunes, our evil desires of wanting approval of others, our wanting attention, our ungodliness, our poor decision making, and we nail them to the cross. Because the cross helps us to see that our idols are in fact dead and useless. Or as one man says, these idols are pathetic, crucified, dying things. For they are not attractive to the person who sees them for what they truly are and sees Jesus for who he truly is. And so you see, the cross gives us the power to say no to the world and say yes to Jesus. I like how Tim Keller says it. He says, nothing in the whole world has any power over me. I am free at last to enjoy the world because I don't need the world. Because when you're boasting in the cross, you're reminded that you're no longer controlled by this evil world and that you are now controlled by someone else, someone who gave his life to rescue you from this evil world. And if the power of the evil world has been broken by what Christ has done on the cross, then why would you not want to glory in it? And talk about it. And tell others about it. See, when the desires of the flesh and the pride of life are knocking at the door, stop in that moment and boast in the truth of the cross. A cross that tells you that all your sins are forgiven. A cross that tells you your position before God has fundamentally changed. A cross that tells you that you have been brought into God's family by faith. And not by any of your own efforts. Or maybe as John puts it in 1 John 4 verse 5. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. See, this is what we believe about sin and what we believe about Jesus paying for that sin, right? Verse 5. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? In other words, it's when you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Through the eyes of faith that sin becomes a dead issue. The law becomes a dead issue. The world becomes a dead issue. Trying to perform to earn God's acceptance becomes a dead issue. Because you are someone completely new. Which brings us to the next reason why we should boast in the cross. Because secondly, it helps me to live with the right identity. It helps me to live with the right identity. Verse 15. 
For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. You see, a believer who no longer thinks that the way the world thinks and talks the way the world talks, who no longer cares for what the world cares about, can only do that when they have been crucified to the world. Because the cross is a past event that changes our present existence. It changes our world because not only are we new creations, but God is busy making the whole world we live in a new creation. But notice what Paul says. He says, For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision. And we know, he said something like this before, right? You remember, back in chapter 5, verse 6. And remember the world Paul was living in. I mean, circumcision wasn't just this idea that people came up with by themselves. You remember, it was the sign of the covenant people of God. God actually told people to get circumcised. And so it would be already so shocking to say, boast only in the cross. I mean, this tool of execution. But now he says again, that was this something that's truly shocking to this audience. He says, whether you have cut your flesh or not, it counts for nothing. It doesn't matter. And any religious Jew would be like, Paul, are you crazy? What do you mean it counts for nothing? It is the very thing God told us that we should do. And that is because the whole point is, now that Christ has come, bringing in a new age, circumcision can do nothing to improve your standing before God. If you are in Christ by faith, then adding circumcision will not in any way make you more saved. And if you're not in Christ, then getting circumcised will in no way make you saved. Because that's not what counts. So what counts then, Paul? Well, he says, a new creation. Because the cross has done what the law and all the religious observance could not do, and that it makes us new people in Jesus. Look at 2 Corinthians 5. Let's read from verse 14. Paul highlights the importance of the practical implications of the cross in a believer's life. He says in verse 14, For the love of Christ controls us. Which would be another way of saying the love that God displayed to us through killing His Son on a cross for your sins controls us. Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. A lot of crucifixion language in there, right? We have been so united to Christ that his death and his resurrection becomes ours. So that the old person has died with Jesus and we are also raised to newness of life in Jesus. And it has practical implications. Verse 16, From now on then, therefore, regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard Him thus no longer. 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? He's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Someone who's dead to the world and is made new in Christ is someone that has experienced such radical, supernatural change in their lives that this person can never be the same again. They have a completely new identity. The truth and power of the cross has made you a new person. Because Christianity is not about being a nice morally good person. It's about being a completely new creation. And this new life is made possible only through the cross. So when you're boasting in the cross, you're boasting in the fact that you are no longer who you used to be. Now oftentimes when I go back to Durban, where I grew up, I bump into people that I used to go to school with, for example. And sometimes when I walk in the grocery store and I see someone that I used to go to school with, I'm tempted to want to sort of dodge them, right? I don't really want to talk with these people that I don't really know that well anymore. But when I usually get in in conversation with these people, inevitably they ask, what are you doing now? And they tell them, well, you know, I'm a pastor now in, in Pretoria. And they're like, whoa, how did that happen? You know, They are pretty shocked to hear that I'm a pastor of a church. Now, if you knew me back then, you would be pretty shocked too. And the point is, that is a moment for me not to glory in myself, but that is a moment to boast in the cross, to point people to Jesus, to help them see what Jesus has done in my life. Because only God can take spiritually dead people and make them alive in Him. And as new creations in Christ, whose faith is now able to work through love, Galatians 5, 6 again, we keep changing as God is busy changing this world into something new. Because when Jesus stepped into our world, He brought in a new age. The old age was about the law. The old age was marked by circumcision. And these legalistic Judaizers were stuck in the old age. They were stuck in trying to keep all the rules in their own strength and ability. But the ability to keep God's commands has become a reality for those who are new creations. Because how did Paul put it in Corinthians? When he wrote 1 Corinthians 7.19, he says, For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, sounds familiar, right? But keeping the commandments of God. See, if you fail to see that the new age has come through Christ, then you will be stuck in a religion where you try to obey what God says, but you will fail and fail and fail. It is only through the cross and what Jesus did for you that the promise of a new heart that has the ability and the freedom to obey God's commands are made possible. Because that is what God's people do who are part of this new age. This already not yet age where Jesus has already started to change people and He will continue to change people. And one day He's coming back to complete the work that He started. 
the new heavens and the new earth is a coming reality where all the tears we have now, all the pain we have now, is only causing us to long for the completeness of what matters, which is a new creation. Many of you know that a couple of weeks ago I went for this excruciating injection in my foot. And I was lying there for two hours after I got this injection and there's nothing I could do. There's no turn I could turn. No pillow I could stuck in anywhere that's going to bring any kind of relief. It was constant, constant pain. I thought I was going to die. And as I'm lying there and I'm, I'm experiencing this excruciating pain, I'm having several thoughts and I'm having several thoughts as I think about this message. And I'm thinking about how pain is so serious because sin is so serious. The reason why we experience this level of pain in this life is because of sin. And then it made me think about Jesus and what He went through on the cross to pay for that sin. The kind of pain that He experienced, the agonizing pain He felt moment by moment by moment. No relief coming whatsoever. And then he did all of that for me. The one who actually nailed him to that cross. I am the reason why he had to die on a cross. You are the reason why he had to die on the cross. Because many people think that life, that you're either someone that is religious or someone that's non-religious. You either keep the rules or you don't give a rip about the rules. But when you boast in the cross, you realize that the gospel is something completely different. Because it's about God working in you and through you to make all things new. So that's why Paul writes to the Corinthians and he goes on to say in, there in chapter 5, Therefore we are ambassadors... For Christ, God making His appeal through us, we implore on your behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. You see, when you're boasting in the cross and how God has made you someone new and different, and how He's making this world new, that He holds you up for the world to see. To see His power in changing someone's life. To see the power of how he's busy changing this world. Because he makes us ambassadors of the message of the cross. He makes us people who appeal to others to also be reconciled to him. Because we ourselves know how we needed reconciliation. Verse 21. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him we might become what? The righteousness of God. Through the cross, God makes us righteous, new creations. And as we walk by faith and not by sight, and as we continue to boast in the power of the cross, then it helps us to keep the message of reconciliation on our lips. Guarding our own hearts from thinking that we are better than others. Guarding our hearts from thinking that we are not good enough. Giving us the hope that one day 
all will be made perfectly right and perfect. Because boasting in the cross daily is so important because it helps me to see, one, that the evil power that wants to control me doesn't. That I am a new creation with new desires and affection. And now thirdly, boasting in the cross is so important because, number three, it helps me not to forget the mercy I have been shown. It helps me not to forget the mercy I have been shown. Verse 16. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. As soon as we stop boasting in the cross, what's going to happen? We start to boast in ourselves, right? In our own strength, trying to do what God wants us to do. And if we don't measure up, people start to doubt the truth they once believed. They start to doubt that God is really as good as He says He is. And Paul has been telling us in Galatians that people who have put their full weight and trust in what Christ has done walk according to the realities of the cross. Because again, he says, all who walk. Paul's back to the idea of walking. Putting one foot of faith in front of the other and the power of the Holy Spirit. Because how do we really know if someone is part of the family of God? It's not circumcision. It's not religious observance. It's those who walk according to this rule. So you have to ask, what rule? See, the word rule here is also translated as standard. Christians walk according to a new standard. And the word standard is actually canon, like the canon of Scripture. And so this canon, this rule, this standard is the measuring rod of the Christian's life. And in the context here of Galatians 6, Paul says, the standard that we walk according, the rule that we walk by each day, is not circumcision and external religion, but the cross and being a new creation. It is the truth of the gospel of grace for every single day. You see, for religious people like the Judaizers, circumcision was the obvious rule. Circumcision was the line they would draw in the sand. If you're circumcised, you're in. You're on our side, they would say. But the Christian standard is therefore the cross. And so what determines whether you're inside or outside the family of God? It's faith in Christ crucified. Remember Paul said back in Galatians 3.25, But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus all are sons of God through faith. And if you walk according to the truth of the cross, then God says there is a blessing that will follow in your life. There is a blessing that comes from boasting in the cross and living a cross-centered life. Because he says, and as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them. In other words, when I walk according to the truth of the cross, having a cross-centered life, then I will continue to be aware of the new relationship of peace I have with God. So that even when I fail, and even when difficulty comes into my life, I know 
100% for sure, the war between me and God is over. Because of how much mercy I have received in Jesus. Which also means that as we still fight the war of our sinful flesh, this side of heaven, we know that we are at peace with God because of the cross of Jesus. Because of walking according to the truth of the gospel, the truth of the cross, being reminded over and over again how much wrath I truly deserve, but how much mercy I have been given. And as a result, one man says, cross-centered people are mercy-dispensing people and peace-enjoying people. Posting in the cross is important because it makes me someone that is able to show mercy to others. It makes me someone that is able to forgive others. All because I know the peace and mercy that I have received from Jesus. Because then Paul adds this interesting phrase here at the end of the verse. He says, and as for all who walk by this rule, talking about the gospel and the cross, peace and mercy be upon them if they walk in this way, so it's a conditional statement, and upon the Israel of God. Now again, many people wrestle with and debate what Paul means here when he talks about the Israel of God. Because usually when Paul talks about Israel, he is referring to specifically ethnic Israel. Like he does in Romans 9 and 11. And so as you try to figure out who Paul is referring to here, we always want to look at the context, right? You always want to remember the context, because some people think he's just talking about Jewish Christians as the Israel of God. But it can't really be that he's just talking about Jewish believers, because he has just argued through the whole letter, that those who are spiritual as well as physical descendants of Abraham are by faith heirs of the promise. That you don't need circumcision to be a part of Abraham's family and thus God's family. You need faith in Jesus. And so the Israel of God are those who will experience peace and mercy through the work of Christ on their behalf. And it's almost like what he says to the Philippians in Philippians 3.3 when he says, for we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Because when he talks about we are the circumcision, he's talking about true believers in Jesus. A community of people, Jew and Gentile, where the cross has broken down the barriers of division. A community of people who boast on the cross together, who do all the stuff we talked about when we looked at the fruit of the Spirit together. A community of people who love one another and help each other to fight sin. Who make it their aim to live cross-centered lives that is marked by peace and mercy in how we relate to each other. Because if we stop boasting in the cross, our relationships will show the consequences. Instead of walking according to the spirit and the spirit of peace and mercy, we walk in annoyance and frustration and pride and self-righteousness. We walk in division. 
And so it's important that we boast in the cross and live a cross-centered life because it helps us recognize that the evil that wants to control us doesn't control us anymore. Where we are free to live for Jesus and treasure Jesus. It helps us to live with the right identity as new creations indwelt with God's Holy Spirit who is longing for the ultimate new creation. And it helps us to walk according to the gospel standards which comes with peace and mercy and blessing. Being ambassadors for Jesus. And now finally, one more reason why we need to boast in the cross and live cross-centered lives is because, number four, it helps me to live all out for Jesus, even suffering for Him. It helps me to live all out for Jesus, even suffering for Him. Verse 17. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. Now we've seen that people who minimize the cross, they don't want to suffer for the cross. And Paul is like, all of that changes. All of that is different when you understand what Jesus has truly done for you. Because of instead of avoiding persecution, like these false teachers were, the true follower of Jesus who boasts only in the cross will experience persecution in his life. Every time you exalt the cross of Jesus, there are going to be people who want to crucify you. And so this is where what we truly believe gets put to the test, doesn't it? If I'm going to live for Jesus and show that He is everything to me and what He did for me on the cross is where I find my true confidence and that might cause me to experience some kind of rejection or persecution, then what will I do? Will I continue to boast? Will I faithfully carry the marks of Jesus like Paul did? You remember back in Galatians 1.10, Paul made it clear, he is not interested in pleasing people. Because if you are interested in pleasing people, he said, you can't be a servant of the gospel. If you are interested in pleasing people, then you are not living a cross-centered life. And we know the kind of beatings and suffering Paul experienced because of the cross. And we know it didn't make him shy away from the truth. Rather, it made him even bolder. Because every blow Paul received was really a blow against Jesus. Because to the Corinthians, he said, 2 Corinthians 1 verse 5, that the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance. So when Paul talks about the marks of Jesus, The word can also be translated as scars. And from scars you get stigmata, spots or marks. And the word stigmata was used for the branding of slaves. And so essentially, Paul was a branded believer. Because he was a slave of Christ. Because the real mark of God's children is not circumcision, but the marks of suffering for the one who suffered for you. 
So if you're going to live a cross-centered life, then perhaps you're going to bleed. Maybe not physically, but within the heart. Because as Paul tells us in 2 Timothy 3.12, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life or a cross-centered life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Which means as believers who boast in the cross, we don't go looking for trouble, but it does mean that we should not be surprised that when people reject us, because we know ultimately they reject Jesus. And so Paul is like, don't cause me any trouble. I live what I preach. I live what I preach. What a contrast to these false teachers in Galatia. I live what I preach. I have the scars to prove it. Because when you boast in the evil destroying new identity giving peace and mercy guiding cross of Jesus then you will want to live all out for Jesus. Because that is where you put your confidence. That is where your acceptance lies. That is where your assurance lies. And so start living a life of constant boasting, but let it only be in the cross. Galatians helps us to keep the main thing the main thing. Which is the cross of Jesus Christ. Because the cross influences everything. And so as we finish up Galatians, Paul ends the letter in the same way he started. By putting the spotlight on the grace of God. Galatians 6.18 The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. Because the gospel is all about grace. The cross is a display of that grace. And when we boast in the cross, we are boasting in the grace of God, which helps us to not boast in ourselves and confuse the gospel in any way. Do you know how you hear the boasting? We hear the boasting in how we pray. We hear the boasting in how we pray. We hear the boasting in how we talk. We hear the boasting in how we sing. We hear the boasting in how we live. I will not boast in anything, no gifts, no power, no wisdom. But I will boast in Jesus Christ, His death and resurrection. Is that where your confidence lies? Is Jesus everything to you? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for this journey we have been able to take over these last two and a half years through this foundational letter that talks about how sinners like all of us can be in a right standing with you. And again and again, Lord, we've seen that it's only by faith in what Christ has done. People who have been, who are far off have been brought near through the cross. People who have daily walked in the desires of our sinful flesh have been set free to live lives of obedience of faith. 
People who were once dead in our trespasses and sins have been made alive in new creations in Christ. Who now walk with our eyes focused on the truth of the gospel, the truth of the cross, helping us to see the peace and mercy we have with you. And Father, we recognize that even today as we live our lives boldly for Jesus, that we come up against people who reject this truth. Family members who reject this truth. Friends and co-workers who reject this truth. Even people in the church who come here Sunday after Sunday who ultimately show through their lives they reject this truth. And so Father, help us to be the kind of church that bring our entire lives to the foot of the cross who daily come back to the truth of the cross and see how Christ bled and died for us. How Christ suffered excruciating, excruciating pain. So that one day, Lord, we will never feel pain ever again. And so until that day, Lord, help us to be boasting in the cross living cross-centered lives, seeing that we are accepted, not because of anything we do, but because of everything Jesus has done. And we pray this in His name. Amen.